0: Build Your Network, episode 96.
1: Hey, this is John McKee, author of Nothing Happens Until the Meeting is Set. And if you want to set more meetings with influencers in your life, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell.
0: I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, I'm sure you've heard me and my guests talk a lot about the importance of masterminds. I know I personally would not be anywhere near where I am today without spending tens of thousands of dollars investing into building relationships in a mastermind setting. So on that, I am opening up a second round of my mastermind, Build Your Network Alpha in order to build relationships with some of you guys out there. If this is something that interests you, please head over to buildyournetwork.co alpha to submit an application and hop on the phone with me to chat about it. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, John McKee. John is a business development contractor, patent awardee, entrepreneur, author of Nothing Happens Until the Meeting is Set, and he has been connecting people for over 26 years and has over 25,000 arranged meetings to date. In other words, he helps businesses arrange meetings with prospects and people of influence john thank you so much for coming on the show today super excited to have you on why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro just a tad and then tell us what you're most excited about right now
2: yeah well thank you very much well i definitely consider myself an entrepreneur for sure i've spent time in the corporate world i think that that's been part of what has helped me you know learning from both sides both on my own as well as in the corporate world so everything that I've learned has been from both sides. Regarding the business development contractor, yeah, I've spent the last nine years as an independent contractor on my own connecting and arranging meetings for businesses. Eight of those years were for six different technology firms in Illinois. And you know, a lot of people ask how you do that. And so I write about that. That's in a blog and in a video I do. How do you represent that many organizations at the same time? moving on a little bit further, you know, so I bounced in and out of the corporate entrepreneur world, you know, trying different things. And I have to give credit again. I want to go back to that one more time about corporate because I don't want anybody to think there's anything wrong with corporate. In fact, I looked at my years with Sprint as entrepreneur training ground. And let me expand on that. Like, When I was at Sprint, you know, I had many different roles in business development, B2B sales management, sales management. But what it taught me was how to run the business. And, you know, you start thinking, how can I do it better? So they rolled out a program. It just happened to be great timing. They rolled out a program where you could open your own business dealer network. So here I had all these years of training in business from corporate world, and now they are introduced a program. It's not a franchise but I say that because people can relate to it. It was a business dealership, a contract dealership where you get approved, you go through this vetting process and you get approved to run a Sprint branded type store. So I did that. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I say, you know, not to overlook both sides. So that was one of my biggest proving grounds right there. And then as you mentioned, you know, I, along the way, right around when Shark Tank was hitting the airwaves, that really caught my attention, right? I mean, when that first came on, I was one of those people really tuned into it and had already had this idea. This I'm taking you on a little quick road on the patent side you mentioned patent awardee. So I, you know, happened to be in a relationship with a cosmetologist at the time who would occasionally get injured, you know, with her fingers with shears at the salon and stuff like that. Anyway, to make that story as short as possible, I'm going to accelerate five years of that thought process and innovating in trial and error of product development and finally getting to the point where I developed a product that barbers and cosmetologists and platform artists could wear so that they didn't cut their fingers at the salon and ended up receiving a patent award for that. I did end up selling after almost six years, I sold that company. So that was, again, another great ride. So here I am back on the entrepreneur side, Right. And then bringing it more closer to uh, current time, like I said, i spent the last nine years as a business development contractor, arranging meetings, connecting people, business and products, one meeting at a time. And that's what my book is about. So that'll tie in that a little bit as well. So it's just been a really interesting journey, to say the least, and I'm enjoying it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Sounds like a lot of different things that you've been able to be part of over the last few years here. So what you're doing right now, something called the BAM Network. Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need a hire, you need Indeed. Or can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The BAM network, B-A-M, used to stand for, it still does, we just, we've just we now created it. We're kind of pivoting, but it was called buying a meeting, and that is the domain www.buyingameeting.com. But we're now calling it the BAM Network. And it was originally designed to arrange meetings, which is what I had been doing all along. And that's what my book is about. And, you know, I got to thinking about the impact of meetings. Everything you do in life, everything you do in business is based on a meeting, right? I mean, if you want to meet an influencer, there has to be a meeting arranged. If you want to get on a podcast, There have to ask be a meeting arranged. If you want to get married someday, at some point there's a meeting, you know? So, So basically, you know, I realized the value of that, but I wanted to try to figure out a way to accelerate it. And by that, I mean, okay, so you can go to trade shows, you can make phone calls, you can contact agents for celebrities, whatever it is you got to do to arrange a meeting with maybe a mentor, like realize the impact of having a mentor in your life. We know how valuable that is, but how do you go about it? You can make those outbound calls. You can go to a trade show. You can spend a bunch of money on travel and hotels and hope to meet them. Or you can just go to the BAM network, view the bios of these well-accomplished entrepreneurs, celebrities, and CEOs, and view the profiles. And you can contact us, and we'll arrange a meeting with you. It could be face-to-face. It could be a Skype or a Zoom, or it could be a phone call. And then same on the B2B side. So there's two sides of that platform. One side is me to key influencer, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, there's this whole system that I put together about arranging meetings. So maybe you're a small business, maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're at that point in your journey where you're realizing, okay, we're doing great. Now it's time to put a business development or sales representative out there in the field. But maybe you're not quite to the point where you're willing to put forth a full-blown salary and insurance and computer and cell phone and car and the whole nine yards that goes along with that. So why wouldn't you just maybe, maybe source that out? So we do that. We'll be that company where you could contact and you could source that site out and we'll do business development for you. Hmm. So that's the BAM network. It's all about meetings. It's all about arranging meetings.
0: So what are the, the tips and tactics of the trade then, John? Like, I mean, obviously you're arranging all these meetings, with all these other people. How did you connect with these people to begin with and how can we implement those practices in our life?
2: Very good point. Very good point. And, you know, first off, it depending on which side we're on, so we're going to the influencer side. I think it's timing. You know, a lot of the thing, like my introduction originally to meeting Kevin Harrington, and I skipped a big part about that whole product development side. That product that I developed, we ended up putting it on an as-seen on TV infomercial. But to do that, you know, you needed somebody that was, known for that. And who better than Kevin Harrington? He is the pioneer of As Seen on TV, you know, with all of the products that you used to see late night TV. So we received a call from them. So that was an inbound scenario. So that's not necessarily tipped. But the tip there being is to jump on that opportunity, right? When the call rang, you know, when it came through, that required me to travel to Florida. That required me to get production things. There was expenses involved with that. So there might be some hesitancy there. But beyond that, Trade shows, networking. I would say probably trade shows are the biggest one where you, you know, if you know somebody speaking, and then even then, you would have to have some kind of VIP access to get in. Beyond that, it's really who do you know? If you have somebody else connect you and help make that recommendation, you know, that'll beeline you into that second or third party person. And that's sort of how business to business side as well, we've created this group of business professionals on LinkedIn that we have. So if somebody came to us for outsourcing on the B2B side, we have a group of people that can work behind the scenes to help that make that happen.
0: Nice, nice. So obviously doing these kinds of things, the, the trade shows and getting introduction from somebody that you know and all that kind of stuff are some ways to get in the door and to meet these people. So from there, John, how do you go and develop a relationship with some of these people to the point where they're actually wanting to do business with you?
2: Well, it's value add, for sure value add. I can't stress that. And just like what you do here on your podcast, you know, you offer somebody a service, you you help shine the light, you let them be the star for the moment. So that's what we do with the BAM. We come in and first off, it's it's nice to have that first person, right? That first person to say, hey, well, so-and-so is part of this network. And then they see that level, right? And mm-hmm. so that makes don't wanna be part of it. But more importantly, it's just approaching them with professionalism and offering value. So we go to them and you know, we say, Hey, we're gonna offer you free social media. We're gonna create a bio for you, a profile on our website that gives you backlinks, you know, to your website. We all know Google loves backlinks and in the SEO world. Mm So so that's an Back. And it doesn't cost you anything, right, to buy. I mean, we want professionals on there, people that have expertise in a particular field, proven expertise based on feedbacks and testimonials and work they've done. So that's what we look at. But, you know, the value add is just through the social media. So what I say by that is we'll put them on our website. We'll put them on our Twitter account. We'll put them on our Instagram account. We'll put them on Facebook. We'll do all those different areas and we'll do that repeatedly. We'll be consistent about it every day. So they're getting that free extra exposure. We create what's called a profile card. If you look at our Twitter account, you'll see a picture of an influencer and then it'll have our logo on it, their name and bullets of their accolades, the things that they're known for. But that's the value add that we add. And we're finding that that's Got a lot of interest. People were like, you know, who doesn't want free social media? Right. And you, took, right. you have to pay for that. So,
0: well, wow. So, always, always, always start with value. And that's something that we preach so much on this show, John. And I think that it's something that is still completely underrated as far as just giving and giving and giving without the expectation of receiving something in return for that giving. So, here's a question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, John. And I'm super interested to hear your answer to the question do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why?
2: Well, I actually, it's interesting you ask because I do daily quotes. Like I send out not just text quotes, but I literally add either graphic images and then make the correlation to a photo with the text. And so I recently did one and I said, I believe it's who you know and what you know. (laughs) So, but if I had to pick one, I would say who, I would say who you know, because without the who you know, You know, I wouldn't have never put my product on TV. I wouldn't have the great recommendations for my book that I offered if it wasn't for who I know. So I'm going to go with who I know.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I like to point out is you wouldn't have any of the things that Are presented to you. Any of the opportunities that are presented to you without the who that you have, and you obviously need to be competent with your what, you know. Because if your product sucked, it wouldn't matter if you met Kevin Harrington or not. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it has. (laughs) You have to be competent. You have to be good. But in the end, I think if you spend the majority of your time focusing on your what or your who, I think it should be your who. And it sounds like you would say the same thing. So John, tell us about a time in your life when a connection led to a big moment of success for you, either indirectly through like a connection of a connection of a connection or completely directly through just one person.
2: Yeah, no problem. Well, I would have to agree with that methodology you just expressed about connect, connect, connect. You know, I'm going to go back to a trade show that I went to in Des Moines here a couple of years ago. And it was right when I was Already writing my manuscript, and I went there and I knew there was going to be some who's who there. I could see who was going to be on the agenda for speaking. So I just made it. I made myself, made a point to go to this event. And one of the speakers happened to be the co founder of Priceline.com, which is Jeff Hoffman. Mentioned him as well. And he happened to be there at the show. I was introduced to him by the host of that event. And from that point on, just conversation, just in general conversation, not me coming up saying, oh my gosh, you know, it's so-and-so and and being all flattering, just being myself and treating them like a a regular person. But the conversation came up as to what I was working on. I just happened to say I was working on my first book. I should say first book, my only book, (laughs) but I was working with my manuscript. And that conversation led to the discussion of sending a copy of the manuscript when it was done and Jeff would review it and offer a recommendation. So there I had it. You know, I just right place, right time and made that connection led to a nice recommendation for my book.
0: No kidding. Uh, very nice recommendation for your book. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great example of right place at the right time. And I think a lot of people would attribute that to luck, John. But as you and I both know, luck is nothing but preparation meeting opportunity, right? So if you didn't put yourself into the position to be able to have something happen at that point, then it wouldn't have happened regardless of if you were in the right place at the right time. And so that's another incredible thing to pull out of that story. If you had to pull everything back here, John, and boil it down to just one tip. So one practical takeaway that somebody from the audience that maybe they just tuned in and they're about to tune out, they got to go into a meeting or something, and they're only going to listen to this one minute. What would that one tip be?
1: I would say, know who you're calling on. What I mean by that is whether you're trying to plan a meeting with an influencer or whether you're in a business development position, there's so many times you'd be amazed how you know nobody, you know, they're just not sure who they wanna contact. I would say, make sure you do your research on the person that you're about to meet, understand who they are, what their interests are, and know who it is that you're after.
0: That's such a great piece of advice. I think too many people will, they almost feel like it's, like creepy to know stuff about somebody,
2: you know what I mean? Like, And <laughs> yeah. honestly,
0: that was something that I struggled with when I first started doing this kind of stuff because it was like, I didn't want to come across like that. I didn't want to come across like a stalker, you know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's so much better when you're talking to these people of influence and they have so many demands on their time that they take you so much more seriously when you come in knowing your stuff and knowing what you want to get out of this conversation. I think that that's a completely underrated practice for sure, especially when you're getting ready to go to like an event or a conference or a mastermind or something where you know, there's going to be like, you know, the people that are going to be there. Obviously, if it's like a happenstance meeting at a coffee shop, you don't really have time to prep for that. But if you're going to an event or a conference and you know that there's going to be people there that you really want to meet, then yeah, do some research beforehand. Know what you're getting yourself into. Just like going into a job interview without knowing anything about the company that you're interviewing for. Like it's just, it's sometimes it's just really simple stuff, but we just don't do it for whatever reason.
1: Not only that, adding to that, knowing what to say. And I'm not saying being scripted, but just, you know, know what to say. And then thirdly, what do you want out of it? And then follow up. There's four pieces to that and then follow up afterwards
0: as well. Yeah, definitely. So this is a question that I've been asking more and more recently, John, because it's something, I mean, I'm pretty selfish here. (laughs) Like whenever I want to know about something, I ask my guests about it for a long time. So I get a lot of answers. (laughs) But I think that if I'm curious about it, there's probably somebody out there that's curious about it. So I ask them anyway. Do you have any advice for leaving a conversation? So you're at an event or a conference or even at a coffee shop, you're in a conversation with somebody that you really don't want to be in anymore. They're just a value sucker. They're taking all this info from you. They're not providing any value. They're not even, you know, they're doing all the wrong things. Like how do you get out of that conversation? In any good, a you know, uh, yeah, that's dignified. a
1: very good way. You know, in a coffee shop, that's a little more challenging, other than just, you know, you're on a time and, and you have to go and you be thankful and, and you politely bow your way out. But the more important side is that a networking event and an event where, you know, there is a lot of key people and you do, you are on a mission. So I talk about this in, in some of my work as well. And that is, introduction. So what I mean by that is if you are in a spot where you're talking with somebody, I always use that opportunity to introduce them. Now, having said what you did that you're trying to actually get out of it, it does might make, make you feel a little bit bad that you're handing it off to somebody else, but make the next introduction. That gets you out of you know, make the introduction, let them have a conversation and then move on. That keeps them too entertained and exchanging information, but it also gets you a way out. So I would say introduce. Yeah,
0: definitely. That's such a great practical tip there. It's something that I'm going to look to do in the future. And don't get me wrong, if you're listening to this right now, this doesn't necessarily mean that this person is annoying you. But if you're at an, <laughs> if you're at a conference and there's like a thousand other people and you've been talking to this person for 20, 30 minutes, then sometimes it's good to wrap it up and go meet another person. So don't get me wrong when I say that. Like it's not like if I do this to you at an event or a conference coming up, don't <laughs> don't think that right. you're just annoying me. Like it's just like, look, this other person i got to talk to this other person i got to talk to let's connect later shoot me a text shoot me a message or whatever we'll, we'll, we'll connect that time
1: <laughs> absolutely and you're breaking out your phone and you're connecting on linkedin you're asking them through on twitter but in a show you can also take that person to another group knowing that you're going to make an introduction and then that gets you a, a lead out i mean then you, don't, you don't leave them empty-handed as well so so how do you feel about business cards john I'm a believer in business cards. I recently recorded a video about going to events and making sure that you have your business cards. I'm, you know, of course, coming from the business development world, believe in that. Now we've changed to this digital world, so we're all connecting on LinkedIn and things of that nature. But I still believe in them. I still believe in them and in them out.
0: So, do you give it to just like anybody that you meet, or do you wait for somebody to ask for you, or how does that work?
1: Usually, and again, in a conference type situation, it's somebody that I'm carrying a conversation with and there's some kind of mutual beneficial need that has arose between the two of us. There's some kind of common interest where we could help one another out for sure at that point. If I'm at a table at a formal event, you know, where there's eight to 10 people sitting across the table, that's more of a networking. I think that's more people knowing that that's going to happen. But usually it would be more if there's something that you could both help each other out with or especially if you're trying to get a meeting with something I would definitely make sure you get a card.
0: You know, I've found recently that I print business cards and I bring them to events with me and then I just like leave them in my hotel room. <laughs> I've just been like, I connect with people on Facebook so much. I, and honestly, I, I try to remember to put some in my back pocket, but sometimes I just forget because I just, I only connect on Facebook nowadays, but I do print cards just for legitimacy reasons. Just because I, I feel like when you hand somebody a card, it, it makes them feel like you're more legitimate. And I don't know how long that's going to last. Like, I don't know if that's a generational thing. Like that's just going right. to, you know, kind of go away with time. Like it doesn't really matter if you have a business card anymore, but I think still now, especially for me as a millennial, trying to connect with people, you know, that are in the, forties, fifties or sixties. And I think them seeing that I have a business card makes them feel a lot more comfortable with doing business with me, so to speak. So I print them anyway, and I bring them just to hand them out to people for legitimacy reasons. But if I'm really trying to connect with somebody, I'm always going to pull up Facebook immediately right there before I leave the conversation and go, Hey, what's your name? Go ahead and add yourself. And that way we can connect there a little bit better online.
1: Yeah, for sure. An event like a growth con or something like that. I mean, you're meeting so many people you're probably not doing it. Again, I'm more talking about where you have had some kind of conversation. There's going to be follow up then, but yeah, for sure. If you can connect on Facebook or LinkedIn, just as easy as well.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, cool. John, there's so much stuff there that we could keep talking about. So let's go ahead and move on to something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random okay. answers.
2: You ready? All right, sure. This is The Random Round.
0: What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt?
2: Mixed
1: martial arts.
0: If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: I'm going to say Dale Carnegie because it was such an impactful, not only impactful journey that I took taking the actual classes, but also the reads, the books and stuff like that. And and it was just at a time in my life where I was starting to develop my career and I learned so much from things like how to win friends and influence people and how to stop worrying and start living. Those are a couple of the big ones that really impacted my life at
0: the time. How do you like to consume content, books, audiobooks,
1: blogs, podcasts or videos? actually all of the above. I find myself in all of them. The more probably I'd say video and audio followed by book, but video and then audio and book.
0: What is one of your favorite books that you've read recently?
1: I'm going to have to go right back to Dale Carnegie and say how to win friends and influence people. It's not something I just read, but it's something that I continue to read. Give us a
0: glimpse of your morning routine.
1: I would have to say I'm going to go with making my bed. (laughs) There's a really good video out there, and I can't think of the gentleman's name, but he's a Navy SEAL, and you can Google it and find it. And he talks to the importance of mastering that one thing in the morning, and it sets the tone for the day. So just making my bed.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And uh, there's actually Lewis Howes just wrote about that in his book. I think it's called The Millionaire Morning or something like that. It's just a little booklet, a little pamphlet, really, really short read. But if you haven't picked that up, I highly recommend checking that out. It's it's a fantastic little book on morning routines and how important they are. John, what are you not very good at?
1: Swimming. I'm an okay swimmer. I could save myself, but I don't know that you'd want to go swimming with me without a vest.
0: (laughs) What is your go-to pump-up song?
1: I'm going to say Eddie Money's Two Tickets to Paradise. I got two tickets to paradise. So yeah, that one.
0: Perfect. (laughs) What is one place online where we will be able to
1: find you the most? For sure, Twitter the most. My handle, what's unique and what is cool is my handle is the same. I'm going to say Twitter followed by Instagram and Facebook. And it's John McKee j-o-h-n mckee m-c-k-e-e and the number four five three and that's also my dot com but my handle on all social is john mckee four five three
0: perfect so if you want to connect with john head on over to twitter or facebook or instagram and look up the handle that he just gave you and connect with him there say what's up tell him that you heard about him on the show john thanks so much for coming to the show today man I had a blast chatting with you
1: hey it's a pleasure and thank you so much for having me as well